Hey friends, welcome to Thursday's episode of Enough for Today for November the 10th. And now I, I need to tell you, first of all, happy Veterans Day tomorrow. But secondly, we're taking tomorrow off. Okay, so we're going to have a long weekend. There will not be a recording for Enough for Today for Friday. Obviously not Saturday, Sunday. We'll resume on Monday. So if you're looking for our recording tomorrow, you won't find it. But today we get to finish Psalm 65. And I'm trying to be brief this week um, for my own sake because I got a lot going on and for your sake as well. Wouldn't it, It's certainly not going to hurt you to hear less of me. But um, this has been a great psalm. This psalm has called our attention to the provision of God in the last year. And I love that the context being very agrarian. So we're talking about crops and land that's flourishing and being watered by God and and provision that's growing in flocks and grains. And this was their life. So this is the equivalent to you of a, a job that paid your bills this year, that let you go to Sam's Club or Costco. And when you go into those places and you see abundance or you go grocery shopping and you're able to get what you need, and you've, if you've been fed this year, you've been cared for this year, you've been nurtured and sustained through another year, you have the very same God sustaining you that this psalmist had, and you have the very same reasons to explode with joy and to give thanks because God has provided for you. So the psalmist ends his, uh, his journey in verse 13, looking at the pastures. The pastures are clothed with flocks. And how wonderful that would have been to uh, a shepherd or a farmer or a first or an ancient century people group to look at these, these fruitful flocks, these fruitful fields, and to think God's provided for us another year. Uh, we're going to be well cared for. We're going to be sustained through these upcoming months. And that is the case with all of us. These, the pastures are clothed with flocks. And the valleys also are covered with corn or grain. And look at this. They shout for joy and they also sing. Now, think about this. Here's the, the, the takeaway. If nature declares the glory of God, if the world around us celebrates and sings praise to God and shouts for joy in its abundance and provision in the way the Creator moves season to season to season and sustains the earth around us. If God's creation sings to him, then how much more should we, the crown of all creation, the image bearers of the King of Kings and the creator of the universe, how much more should you shout for joy and sing? Now, let me just ask you this. How and when do you celebrate God? How and when do you just let it out? Now, it ought to be Sunday mornings, okay? That ought to be the first and primary place where we come together and we celebrate, we worship. Now, I realize there's a sense to Sunday mornings that's also con contemplative, contemplative, uh, introspective, maybe repentant, uh, as we maybe even grieve or mourn sometimes our sin, lament our sin. But, you know, repentance and lament in Scripture is just the precursor uh, we bow down in humility, undeserving, but then we're forgiven and we rise up in grace and celebration, welcomed into the heart of the king, welcomed at his table to feast in his banquet. And in those cases, God says, put away sorrow and celebrate, sing, eat, feast, 
festivate, uh, jubilant. He wants a joyful people. So when do you do that? Because it brings great pleasure to the heart of your Creator. If you said to me, Pastor Kerry, what can I do to cheer God? Well, first of all, is that even a theologically appropriate question? Does God need cheering? Well, let's say it this way. He doesn't need anything. But does he want it? Yes. And does your celebrative heart bring him delight? Does it bring him pleasure? Absolutely. He takes great delight in you, and he takes great delight in your joy. So, my friend, this is one way you can bless God. For all the ways he's blessed you, this is one of a handful of ways that God has clearly said in Scripture, you can bless me this way. You can bless me in singing and worship. You can bless me in loving service. You can bless me in willing sacrifice, willing offerings, and and loving other people. I mean, I could go on. The list goes. But I mean, there's five or six kind of core ways that we can really bless God, that we can bring him great delight and great pleasure. To put it simply, we can put a smile on his face. We can we can put marvel into his heart. Uh, you know, Jesus marveled at times. And you know what he, what he marveled at two times in Scripture? He marveled on one occasion at great faith, a faith in an unlikely Roman uh, believer. And then he marveled at unbelief in those that should have been the most likely to have faith, Jews that did not believe in him. He marveled at their unbelief. So my friend, this month and next month, God's going to marvel either at your bad attitude or your exceptional cheer. Either way, there's going to be a marveling God. How could I do so much and there still be such a bad attitude? That's wow. Or look at the delight and the celebration in my child that brings him such pleasure. So don't let just the fields and creation be the only ones to have. Don't let anything have an edge on you as the crown of God's creation. You shout for joy and you sing this season in gratitude to God. Happy Thursday. We're taking tomorrow off. We'll see you this weekend or we'll see you on Monday.